and we're going to be in 1 John, and it's going to be chapter 4, verses 12 through 21. And let's see, uh, does this work? Oh, it does. There it is. I got the right date, too. I'm hearing the right day. Good, okay. And so one of the problems I had with my uh, PowerPoint is I'm, I'm not used to using haven't used PowerPoint for like three years. <laughs> and also I have a new computer, and so I couldn't change the font size. And so that's why everyone's got to get their binoculars out <laughs> to read this. Uh, what I'd like to do is I'll read this for us. And uh, it's from uh, uh, the Word of God. First, uh, First John 4, 12 through 21. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we, are abide, we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Holy Spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. And the one who loves God should love his brother also. So this is the text we're going to be looking at today. And I've sort of made three points that I'm going to go through today. And so the first is, our confession. Jesus Christ is Savior of the world. He is my Savior. Our assurance. We have no fear of judgment, for we abide in him in his perfect love. And thirdly, our lives should reflect this truth. The one who loves God should love his brother also. So these are the three points I'm going to try to look at uh, as we look at our text. And uh, I was uh, just thinking as I was sitting there, I, I, I'm primarily we're going to be looking at um, what John has said in other places in the Bible. Uh, John, we know, wrote the book of John. And then he also wrote these three letters, and he also wrote Revelation. And so he has uh, quite a bit of input in this. And in the Gospel of John, who does he quote? He quotes Jesus. And so as I was thinking, I've read a few commentaries on things in, uh, about this passage, and then I figured out, okay, wait a minute. Who's the one that has the best commentary 
on love from God? Well, it's someone called Jesus. <laughs> and so my primary source is gonna be looking at, reflecting on, or just reading from John 15 will be a big portion of this. Because what the Apostle John here is doing, he's instructing, encouraging people to abide in Christ. Well, who told us about this abiding in God and abiding in Christ? Well, Jesus did. So instead of trying to use some great philosophical words and wisdom, I'm just gonna go back to Jesus and say, well, here's what he said, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will prick each one of our hearts to understand this. So let's uh, look at this. The first one is our confession. Jesus is Savior of the world. He is my Savior. So John is writing to a fellowship. They understand who Jesus is. He's the Savior of the world. But not only this, they belong to Christ. They're in the family. And so they're in this community of faith. And so he refers to them as little children. Uh, as he's writing to them, because they're part of this, this family of God. And so they're not, he's not talking to the world, he's talking to we who are believers. So this is a letter written to us to encourage us, to instruct us. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea uh, Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that I, say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So how do we know who Jesus Christ is? It's because he's been revealed to us and we've been awakened, our eyes have been opened to see who he is by the Holy Spirit. And so, who are we? We are, uh, who is Jesus? He is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. So there's no doubt in question who Jesus is and his relationship to us. He's our Savior. Our assurance, not fear, no fear in judgment, for we abide in his perfect love. Okay. In John 3 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in in him is not judged, but he who does not believe in him has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does not hate evil hates hates the light and does not come into the light for fear of his deeds will be exposed. But he who has practiced the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. So here, just again, I'm using the Bible to explain the Bible. Jesus is the one that told us what it means to be, uh, not to be judged. It's because we're now found in Christ. 
Our lives should reflect this truth. The one who loves God should love his brother also. Now this is the great theological question. How do we know we're a Christian? Well, there should be fruit in our lives. And I'll get to this a little later on, but where this is not a asking of being perfect, being meaning it's perfect, whereas we're, we're never going to sin again. It means that we're in a process of being, being completed. All the time we look in the Bible when we talk about the Christian life, it's a progression. We are born again, and then we're to grow. If we read in 1 Corinthians, Paul was very mad at the church in Corinthians because he says, I can't write to you as spiritual, but as carnal. He's not questioning the fact that they believe in Jesus, but they're not following him with their whole heart. He didn't question their salvation. He questioned their loyalty or their, their um, discipline of following Christ. And so I think this is what we're going to look at here. Uh, on how our lives, do we reflect that truth? Because it's very, he's very strong and says, if you say you love me, but you hate your brother, how can that be true? So this is going to look at each one of us in our own hearts. I have excuses of why I can be mad at people or try to keep things Say, okay, uh, well, I, I don't have to like them, but I'll love them. Give all kinds of excuses in our brain. But it makes us really look in our, in our heart to what God's talking about. And so this is why, as Christians, we have to make decisions to be, eat, be obedient or to, be, or to rebel. All the way through the epistles and the letters that Paul and James and Peter have written, they're encouraging us to make decisions. Like I have this one from, from Ephesians 4 says, lay aside the old self and put on the new self. He's talking to Christians. But we have to make a choice. It's just because I believe in Jesus doesn't mean that my life is walking as he wants me to walk. I have to make that daily choice. So I want to encourage us to do that. John 15, Jesus tells us, was expected of us. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read through John 15. I always had a problem to when I would read commentaries or when I'd write, my, write a thesis, that kind of stuff from my master's degree. My professors would always say, don't make such long quotes. Condense it down to be something else with your own words. Well, I always said, well, if the guy said it so well, why should I have to condense it down <laughs> to something else? And so I'm going to do this. Uh, Jesus said it so well, I'm not going to try to do better. So I think I just want to read his words to us and allow the Holy Spirit just to touch our hearts as to what he's speaking about here when, it, when we're talking about abiding in him. So I have to... I definitely can't read that up there, but I can read this here in my lovely Bible that's a little closer to my eyes. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it 
so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is, a th he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they will be burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and there your joy may be made full and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do my commandments, do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you, this is I command you, that you love one another. Love one another. That sounds familiar. It's what John was saying in his letter. If the world hates you, you know that this it has hated me. Before it hated you. If you were in the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of the world, because the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who has sent me. If I had, if I had, uh, if I had not come and spoken to them that they would not have s sin, but now that they, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. 
if I had not done, see, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hate me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me, and you will testify also, because you have been with me from the beginning. So here we see Jesus explaining to his disciples that he's going to be sending the Holy Spirit to indwell them. And this is going to create a new relationship with him and the believer. Also with he, we as a, a believer and God. God has provided the Holy Spirit to indwell us to do this to love as God loves we can't do it. Like when John is writing this in First John, love one another, or, or this kind of stuff. It's impossible for us to do this in human flesh. But that's why we've been indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We're born anew. We're now spiritual creatures because we, God has now invested in us and implanted in us his Holy Spirit. And so this commandment, which is impossible to do, we can do, not because of our works, but because of what God is doing through the Holy Spirit. John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples, if you have love one another for one another. Now, this is supposed to be a test of what it means to be a Christian, that the world's supposed to observe and see what Christians are like. This is the challenge that we have because right now I can look in the world and we have many different uh, types of Christians. <laughs> I'll use that term. We have many denominations, many different churches, many different uh, forms of uh, people who say, claim to be followers of Christ. But this is God's definition of how people should know that we're Christians. So it's an encouragement to live out this in reality. Not in theory, but in reality. So our confession, Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is my Savior. If you can say that Jesus is your Savior, then this next applies our assurance no fear of judgment for we abide in his perfect love we abide in Christ therefore we're not going to be judged this famous little verse in, in Romans there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our lives should reflect this truth the one who loves God should love his brother also so let's encourage one another to do this. 
this is not implying perfection, but direction. The problem we have a lot of times is that we put a standard for ourselves, so I have to perfectly follow God. If I sin, oh, I'm lost. For, some people think they can lose their salvation every other day because they fail. Well, just in this letter that John writes, he refers to those that are in this fellowship as little children, as young men, as fathers. What does that imply? It implies there's a spectrum of growth that is happening in our lives. So don't think that you have to perfectly follow this, but are you on a progression, a growing process? As a tree is planted, it eventually grows, the roots grow down and grows, and then eventually produces, produces fruit. This is what John is trying to have us to understand. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is for dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even our Father, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So I think what John is doing in, in this, this book, he's trying to encourage us to be, to live out what God has implanted in us. So I hopefully, this is an encouragement for us all to love one another. God first loves us. Therefore, we can love. Dear God, just pray that as we just contemplate these words from 1 John of how, how can we say that we love God if we don't love our brother whom we can see? Help us understand how it's helping us to understand how we have to put our heart right with you and allow you to become more, allow us to become more and more like you because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a simple, short look at First John 4. I could just have you stand up and we'll have the benediction. And uh, you're all welcome to come and have dinner with us afterwards. So make sure you don't run away. Come and, uh, Andrea, you've made a nice dinner for us. Is that? Plenty of food, so please don't run off and uh, join us for this. Now, now, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to be whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.